Next on BYUSN, the Big 12 scheduling model for the next four football seasons will be released today. What do we all want the schedule to look like, and how often do we want BYU to play Utah and the other new Big 12 teams? Plus, it's, in the words of Jerem Jordan, a ball night. We'll discuss what we expect and hope from BYU in tonight's exhibition matchup. We'll preview the men and women's basketball seasons with Greg Rubel and Kristen Kozlowski. And BYU football embraces the idea of the Night Cougs, the social media post that puts its arms around the idea. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy November as the crossover begins between basketball and football. Yes, it is November 1st. I am Spencer Linton. He is a man who is always groovy, baby, Jerem Jordan. Jay Hill dressed as Austin Powers and did media availability yesterday, which is pretty awesome. Well played, Jay. Yeah. Are you a, um, hey, it's November 1st, we put up Christmas stuff, or are no. you Black Friday? I am, I'm kind of somewhere here's, in between. Here's Jay Hill yesterday. Yeah, you look at yeah. Jay. Yeah, baby! This has to be a title as Weber State days, right? Like the Oh, an excuse there. to wear purple. Right. Oh, well played, Jay. Yeah, come on. With Eddie Heckard For and sure. uh, Camden Garrett and the boys. No, he, I mean, he's, he's dressed up. He's as pretty as a Christmas tree right there. <laughs> but I'm somewhere in the middle. Like I, I, so I'm like not November like 15th? strict. You can only do it after Thanksgiving Day, but I am certainly not the day after Halloween, like, yeah, let's throw up all the Christmas decorations. Are you, uh, yeah. We're... I like to have Christmas decorations up um, and have like a holiday feel during Thanksgiving. So maybe like the week before Thanksgiving. I just like to see some lights okay. and just kind of have that uh, yeah. holiday feel in yeah. my home. Are you Christmas, um, you know, music now or do you wait as well? Is it all, like, is it a package deal? No, it's separate. That's a good question. Oh, it's separate, it's but separate equal. For me. I like, I just like Christmas lights and the ambiance of like a holiday decorated home. Yeah. But Christmas music, I I typically do not listen to Christmas music until starting on Thanksgiving Day. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're Jesus all year round, but we're Christmas specifically closer to Thanksgiving. So let it be written. Yeah. And I like to joke, hey, every night is family night and every day is Mother's Day in my house as well. <laughs> Mother's Day is once a year, but every day is Mother's Day. Woo. That's an interesting take on the expectations for Mother's Day every day. So I hope you're It lessens uh, the need yeah. for that one day. I'll tell you that. It's all year round, baby. Fair enough. Uh, that said, let's have a groovy edition. Rise and shout. Yeah, baby! Of what's trending. Presented by Tim Daly Nissan, part of the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. Rumor has it, Jerry. Rumor has it. Actually, it's not a rumor. It's, it's going to happen. Thing. Yeah. There are reports out that the Big 12 conference scheduling model for the next four seasons will be revealed. Yeah, Max Olson. We yeah, think probably. within that that we'll know what BYU's schedule is going to look like. At least the teams are going to play next year, right? It could be the next four years, bro. Whoa. Like, it, it, we expect at least next year. Okay, so as you mentioned, Max underscore Olsen on X saying the Big 12 is expected to unveil its football scheduling model for 2024 through 2027 on Wednesday afternoon. No specific time given there, 
but Max we Olsen care about, of The Athletic is reporting. We care about night games. Do we care about afternoon releases? Like, how specific are we going to get here? I don't know. <laughs> I think we can cut it off at uh, the games and when they kick. Noon to 5.59. We expect it. So we're going to play a little bit of pregame schedule prognosticating here. Yeah, th- we love a schedule more than the actual games. Don't forget that around here. <laughs> what are you hoping this four-year scheduling model looks like yeah. and how it will impact BYU through 2027. There's nothing clean here about 16 teams and uh, divisions and pods and who you're playing. There's nothing like nice and cut and dry. So let me tell you my sort of uh, scheduling principles I'm hoping okay. apply. All right. The BYU plays Utah every year, obviously. Uh, Protect I, the rivalry. I would, I would be fine if they come out and say, hey, play Colorado, Arizona State, Arizona every year as well. That those five compete in four games against each other every year. Five other games. I would love to play everybody in the league at least once every other year. And then I want BYU to host and to go to every team in the league every uh, four years. You're guaranteed a home game against every team in the league once every four years. Yes, that way in the cycle of the average student uh, athlete, athlete, that's uh, amazing, as bench warmers told us, that, that assuming they don't transfer, like that they, yeah, one time I went to every school in the Big 12. Yeah. Like, I just think that'd be cool. Uh, I don't know what that looks like. Like, do they need to go to 10 games at some point? Would they be the first power five to do that? I don't know. I, I'm excited just to play Utah every year. I am interested to see specifically if they will give Utah the home game. They should. In this. I hope they don't. They should, uh, but they, but they, yeah, sh- well, we hope they, they don't. They probably will. But it'd be awesome if Utah was back-to-back in Provo in that series. Uh, you know, and, and if BYU plays West Virginia, Texas Tech, Kansas, Oklahoma State, TCU next year, those would be home games. If they play Baylor, Iowa State, uh, Cincinnati, we think that those would be road so we'll see with like UCF, Kansas State, and Houston, TBD. Last game with Houston, obviously BYU played there in 2020, but it was kind of a one-off. So I, I don't know exactly what it's going to look like, but we have the three non-conference games for next year now, and we're going to get the conference games we think this afternoon. Yeah. Um, we'll see, man. I, I just want to explore the league on the reg and play – uh, the rival and regional rivals. We, BYU and Arizona and Arizona State and, and Colorado. Cal, Colorado is super interesting, obviously, with Dion. Once Dion leaves, not as interesting, but still, kind of, we, we don't have a relationship with the buffs. Just I, stay I, through next year so we can interview you. Yeah, Dion. At Big 12 football media yes, days, Dion. We, we want that. Uh, I think he will. They didn't have a good enough year for him to they truly not make a bowl bounce, game. right? Yeah, nice 3 0 start. Um, but th- those are some of my thoughts. I, I think it, I'm not going to complain a ton no matter what because BYU is in a Power 5 league and made the cut, yeah. at least for now. Like when uh, things change, hopefully BYU is on the in crowd, and I think they will. Let's enjoy the ride through the uh, current abs- TV contract, absolutely. right? Our hopes and ideas. <laughs> <Wait, laughs> maybe not even that. <laughs> like two, three, five years, uh, who knows? Our hopes and ideals for a conference scheduling model are nearly identical. Yeah. In fact, we should just run for political office when it comes to scheduling Big 12 games. We're almost Linton Jordan 2024 yeah, yeah. united together in the scheduling format. You agree on those I things? Think I think the mentioned? pod format is okay. the way to go. Yeah. And I didn't even mention my pods, but you just saw them on the screen. Though they might be I, – I wasn't looking close enough. They might be like a team or two different. It's the same that we discussed a couple months yes. ago. Yes. Yeah. I've got – a West pod, yeah, what do you have a here? Plains pod, a yeah. Texas pod, and an East pod. You could call the West pod the Mountain pod if you want. Yeah. 
but BYU, Utah, Arizona, and Arizona State. So BYU would play those three teams every year. Mm -hmm. And then like you, you get two of the four teams in each of the other pods on your schedule every year, thus setting up the opportunity, the yeah. opportunity to play every team in the Big 12 at least every other year. Yeah, why not? So three in your pod and then two, two, two. And Gonzaga. Pods. Just kidding. Okay. With that said, you get, like we discussed, every team in the Big 12 in your home stadium at least once every four years. Yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. And initially, I think I had in that East pod, Iowa State, Cincinnati, West Virginia, and UCF. And I actually had some Kansas fans and some Iowa State fans and some Kansas State fans say, no, 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 no. You can't do this. Because they have to be together? He's, there's too much history, too much yeah. rivalry between Iowa and Kansas. So what do you do? What do you do with the three out there? So who, Oklahoma who State would be there? the team because they have no true rival anymore. Oh, okay. So Oklahoma State then moves into that East okay. Pod with yeah. Cincinnati, West Virginia, and UCF because the history and the rivalries are apparently more intense and more severe between Iowa and Kansas and Kansas okay. State. That's good to know. Teach us. Okay. We're, new, we're new in this neighborhood. Yes, Colorado would fit into that Plains division as well. They would play Iowa State and Kansas and Kansas State every year because it's a very, very short trip from yeah. the Front Range in Boulder over into Kansas and up to Ames. But it's not a short trip from the airport in Denver to anywhere. <laughs> That's what we know. An hour outside of the actual city. <laughs> what in the world? And that weird horse with the orange eyes that greets you at the airport. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've taken it I, one I like step. The, yeah, I love that. Yeah. So I've taken it yeah. one step further. Let's I have do compiled, it. and this is in no specific order as far as dates go, but I've compiled what I believe a 2024 BOA football schedule would look like with mm. this format in place. If, if, they, if Brett listened to your mind. So let's take a what, look at What this. do you have here? Okay, so we've got the three non-conference games that we know of. Yep. Southern Illinois, at SMU, no, at Wyoming. No dates. Yeah, no dates Except here. for the two Southern yes. Illinois and Wyoming. Okay, so... Out of that Plains pod, BYU has Kansas and Kansas State because BYU did not play Kansas State this year, okay? Yeah. So bring the Kansas teams in. The BYU Sunflower did not State, play Houston. Baby. BYU did not play Baylor. So those are the teams from the Texas pod that would come into the schedule. Yep. BYU would still play Oklahoma State as well mm -hmm. and UCF from the East pod, okay? Because BYU is going to Oklahoma State, I think they deserve a home game in Provo this upcoming season. And they got to have some long like, road trip at Cincinnati, West Virginia, or UCF, which yes. they're already doing West Virginia. Okay. So okay. UCF in Provo, and then you get your three teams from your mountain pot or your west pot where you play at Arizona State, and then you host Arizona, and they probably play at Utah. But that's, that's I think that's that could happen. the schedule that I believe BYU will see in 2024. Yeah, with no dates. Uh, although, uh, question there slash thought, last three games, should you always play your pod? Like you play the regional rivals to end the year. That would I think be fun. That could be interesting. That would be fun. I don't know that it's going to work out that cleanly, but that's a fun idea. The league can dictate that. I uh, think rivalry weekend should absolutely be BYU Utah every year. One million percent. Yeah, if it's, let's if it's put it back where it used to be. Yeah. Yes. If it's not after Thanksgiving, at least the week before Thanksgiving. But the Big Twelve doesn't do Bedlam that way. That's this week. Yeah. I don't weird. understand why. It's like the final BYU one. is playing Oklahoma State the week that Oklahoma State should be playing Oklahoma. Yes. Granted, I don't know when they've played that game traditionally. Maybe it's like we always play first week of November. Okay, there's the, the Colton Potter, our producer, saying they always play first week of November. Okay, whatever, Bedlam is always the first. Week whatever of that tradition is, uh, stick with it, right? But yeah, BYU played Arizona and Arizona State in the WAC a lot. This is a rivalry that goes back 60 years. Now, yes. at the time, it was not a rivalry. BYU stunk. Arizona State was the power. Arizona has Arizona ever been good at football? 
Like they're I, pretty good this year, actually. They're doing they're doing all right. Not uh, since 2012 when they played Boise State in the Fiesta Bowl. It's been a while since they've actually been good. 14. 14. Yes. Oh, 14. That's yes. Right. Arizona won their division and uh, you know went to the Pac-12. Yeah, they had a they had a good year that year. Absolutely. Um, they've ne- I think they're the only Pac-12 team never to go to the Rose Bowl. Um, and that's a weird stat, right? Let's go, Wildcats. But, uh, yeah, no, what you presented looks great to me. Like, if they came out and said, yeah, this is this is it, that'd be great. I, I'm excited to know, like, are we going to know the SMU – are we going to know dates today, or will it just be opponents? Uh, my, like, I like, tend to lean toward just weeks opponents. Because TV will sort of dictate whether that's yeah. a Saturday or Friday or Thursday or whatever. Okay. Granted, yeah. we found out the 2023 schedule. They gave you dates. They just didn't give you times. And those dates could change. Like, oh, this is flexed into it's Friday. This week. Or what if ESPN already knows? Yeah, we want BYU and TBD team yeah. on a Friday conference weekend in Provo. Sure. I just, I mean, BYU's I, asked for that. So I throw together that schedule, and it just it got me very excited about the prospect of a 16-team yeah. Big 12 and, like, like having teams like – Kansas come back to Provo and Oklahoma State in Provo and just new. Yes. Who are you? Welcome. Fun. Uh, food drive on the road. St- book drive. Like all the stuff the BYU alumni are doing. Absolutely. I love I, it. One of my best friends growing up lives in Iowa. He is one of the most excited people about BYU in the Big Twelve. There are a lot of people like him that are stoked that soccer, volleyball, basketball, football. They're going to these places they have not. Like we are going back to places we crossed mm-hmm. in the pioneer days. And visiting again, which is kind of fun history here. Our question of the day is related to what we've just been talking about, the scheduling model in the Big 12. Rumors or sorry, reports are from Max Olson of The Athletic that the schedule model for the next four years will be released sometime this afternoon. So with that said, besides Utah, because we know that most of you want to see Utah. I know some of you are like, no, I never want them on the schedule again. Hey, have you gone through the five stages of grief properly? Like, have you have come you to acceptance? Have you Shep. finally come to acceptance? Shep, are you over it? Okay. <laughs> Besides Utah, who would you like BYU to play the most in the new 16-team Big 12? Nate yeah. Kennedy on X answers, Arizona State. There's one of your other regional yeah. rivals. Yeah, yeah, old back rival. I think that could blossom quickly into a big rivalry. Plenty of Cougar fans down here in the Valley, so Nate's from the Valley of the Sun to fill up Sun Devil Stadium. Arizona is the, uh, it's not so hidden, but the the sort of gem of BYU fans. Like, the fact that Arizona and Arizona State are going to be in the same league, that is awesome. Like, they show up at GCU when men's volleyball goes there. That that is a team in Arizona in a league with BYU. It's the new home away from home for BYU, Arizona. Absolutely, yeah. Walter Peterson on X answers, Baylor. Mm -hmm. They have an amazing fan base. Yep. And my wife wants an excuse to go to Waco to see Magnolia Farms. Didn't go in 21, you can go again or go for a second time. And if I can make that trip a two-for-one to see BYU play, I'll do it. It's Dr. Pepper, it's Magnolia Dr. Pepper Lane. Museum is yeah, awesome. All, yeah, my wife's done that. I've not been there to see it quite yet. All but, right. Uh, yeah. Hashtag BYUS on X, Facebook, and Instagram. Which team besides Utah do you want BYU to see on the schedule regularly in the new Big 12 scheduling format? But wait, I thought Utah was going to the Big 10, Spence. Topic two. What do you hope to see out of BYU men's hoops tonight in the exhibition game against Life Pacific? Two things specifically. Number one, because Mark Pope has been harping on this for months now, is how good of a three-point shooting team BYU is. I want to see BYU shoot the three well. And let's constitute that with a number. You want to see volume? 38% or better. Okay. That's what I want to see from BYU in an exhibition on their home floor yeah. as a team. I want to see 38% or better from the three-point line led by game one. my sharpshooter, the guy who shares my name, Spencer Johnson. 
That dude was unbelievable from the three-point line last 46%. year. 46% as a team. Jackson Robinson has been shooting the ball well, according to multiple staffers and teammates, and has really taken that next step. So that's number one. I just want to see him shoot the ball well yep. on your home floor in an exhibition, okay? Make 12 threes. Win by 40. I think they're going to shoot 40, so I need 15. <laughs> yeah, you need 15 well, like, I need. I think they're going to shoot more than anything. Yeah, I was like – Thinking, yeah, how many? 12 for, what, 31 or something like that would be like 38%, 12 for 30? More. You want more, more volume. Moss. Okay. Live Moss. The second thing I am hoping to see is, well, I know we're going to see Ali Khalifa on the floor, but I want to see everything that we've been told about him. I want to see some dimes from Ali Khalifa. I want to see the offense running through that big man and his passing ability and just some precision. There. I know what I'm going to get from Foose. I don't know what I'm going to get from Ali Khalifa. I want to see how he fits into the offense, and I hope it's precise and that the chemistry is there, even though he's a new piece. That's tricky there. Right? And we're learning this from football. When you have so many new moving parts from the transfer portal, it can take a long time to just gel and get, get right. Is basketball easier than football in that way? I, I feel like Maybe it, because I feel like fewer. it might be. Yeah, fewer people, fewer sort of, I need you to do this for me to do this. Like Ali Khalifa doesn't need a whole offensive line to succeed for him to get a bucket, right? He can just do it himself um, on, the, on the low block. He's or not make, reliant on the offensive line like he just Slovis is. Just needs a good cutter or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I just want precise basketball, Jeremy. I just don't want to see sloppy basketball because Mark, yeah. Mark has also said, yeah. we've been together for a while now. Like, we're growing old together. Like, we've been around each other. There's Took a the lot of guys year, that have, that have the been deal. around each yeah. other for a while. Even with the new pieces, yeah. we know each other well. So It's I only two see, new pieces. I want to see precision and execution and good three-point shooting. Yeah. My, Marcus Adams Jr., um, you know, is still getting healthy. They're still waiting on a waiver. So put him you know, over here, Ali Khalifa and Dawson Baker, you know, Dawson uh, trying to play through uh, an injury a little bit, get healthy, uh, you know, so it's Trevin Nell's back. So you can count him as a new piece. That's part uh, of the three point of. shooting, but no injuries. Yeah. Shoot the ball. Well, but also just remember that BYU ain't showing much the next two games. So uh, they're going to, they're going to try and explode against San Diego state next Friday, mm -hmm. the national runner up. They're not going to show everything the first Exhibition or first game on Monday against Houston Christian. Used to be known as Houston Baptist. Uh, that is the season opener. So, I don't know that we're going to learn a ton, but it would be fun if BYU shot a bunch of threes and made a bunch of threes. Well, sure. just shoot the ball well, right? And Because if you can't shoot it well against Life Pacific, how are you going to shoot it well against Oklahoma State in March? You know, that's the idea. But it's one basketball game. Nobody get hurt. Play fluid. Show us a little bit. Move on to Monday. Yes, amen to that. No yeah. injuries. Mostly, I just want Mark and what he's been saying to be validated. Like, I want BYU to show that so he can we're be gonna like, need some, We're going to need some time. Let's say BYU makes all 43s they shoot tonight. It doesn't mean <laughs> jack squat. It just doesn't. Sorry. They made, what, 20 last year in an early season game? Yeah. 23s in a game, which is the program best. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. What, whatever happens tonight, don't look into it too much. Okay. If you, granted, if you are going to shoot cold, and that means you're going to play well against San Diego State and shoot well against San Diego State, fine. Get all the misses out now. Fine. Fine. <laughs> But I am hoping to see it. BYU shoots like 8% from three. We will read oh, into that. But no. I'm saying don't read into anything. All right. <laughs> basketball, basketball is happening tonight in the Marriott Center. Which is exciting. But football is also happening Saturday. Don't forget, Saturday, 5 Eastern time. We got you for BYU Send Game Day. Harvey Long ain't going to be a guest analyst this week. Saturday, 5 Eastern on BYU TV. Joining us next. The voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, hey. helps us preview this men's basketball season, and he offers some insight into the scheduling format as well. This is BYU Sports Nation.
BYU Sports Nation is sponsored by the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. It's going to be something the likes BYU fans have never seen before. I think one word summed it up for me, wow. A schedule as difficult as BYU has ever seen before. It's going to be fun to see what happens. We are live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day -day BYU Sports play-by-play. -play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Let's bring in the voice of the Cougars. Greg Rubel joins us in Studio B over in the Cougar Council Room. There's much to discuss, Greg. Not only is it a situation where we're dealing with the new Big 12 football scheduling format that's going to affect BYU for the next four years, but it's also in a way, the tip-off for BYU basketball with an exhibition. So uh, let's let's also shout out women's soccer, Big 12 tournament time today. Semifinals. Amen to that. Yeah. Semifinals UCF. against big UCF. Day. Yeah. Big so, day. Granted, I wanted TCU. And women's I wanted hoops. another crack at TCU in soccer, but eh, whatever. Just get to the championship. Let's just go there now. Let's just go to soccer. Let's go to soccer. They're going to they right? get a one seed? If they win out this week, they will. I think they will. Yeah, yeah I think you so. You think they so. need we, to win the championship yeah. to Which means the beating seat? UCF tonight and either Texas or Texas Tech on Saturday. Texas Tech is a better RPI game, obviously. Yeah. I, I, I think if they take home the trophy, and I think they are taking home the trophy, they'll be a one seed next month. And then you can get up to four games at home to the College Cup. That that's, would be that's the formula. awesome. That's the formula. Let's four go. games to the Final Four. Let's that would go. be incredible. A two, so let's say they lose, in the, let's say they beat UCF, but lose in the final, heaven forbid, but... Is that, is that secure in your mind, a two-seed like BYU? two, and two's three games at home. Which so uh, either way, BYU is going to play a lot of November soccer at Southfield, mm -hmm. and that is huge news. That yeah. is great. Outstanding. Go, yeah. Okay, we got that one out of the way. Check. All right. <laughs> We're good there, and they're playing at a super high level. Uh, you yeah. know what? They're on a roll, and I think oh, they're my. on a mission a bit. A bit. Like, 6 nothing or Oklahoma, that's a message sender. <laughs> yeah. Right? This is a team that was arguably the best offense in the country, Two first-teamers, no individual honors in the postseason. Not that that's like the only driving force. They but were chapped I, I, by I, that. I, I think BYU is out to show that we're yes. a lot more than you think we were. Yes. We're a tr and and the, the great thing about BYU and soccer is it's a true team. Mm -hmm. Maybe what held them back a little bit was the fact they're so balanced. It can come from so many different places that there wasn't that one standout every night that was like, wow, three, four goals a week. But that's the beauty of the team is that it's a true team. And, and, and they're a, 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 an amazed, amazing thing to watch Yes. Right Case yeah. in point, the five different goal scorers they had in that 6-0 yeah. victory. Just wait until the second half. We'll just Starters, subs, coming from everywhere. It anyway, go Cougs tonight. Okay. On to men's basketball. Yes. Exhibition tonight. We just said what we're hoping to see, which is largely some solid execution, good three-point shooting. What are you hoping to see from BYU in this exhibition tonight? Well, I, I, I don't know how much you learn from a game like tonight. I think you probably learn more from what they did to Stanford on the weekend. You know, that's really encouraging, the fact that they played that way against a good team. Um, so they already have something in the pocket that says, okay, we got something here. You're not going to see the team we're going to see in a month or two because you're, there, there'll be some guys that won't play tonight. There are some guys coming back from things. So it's not going to be the, the, the full team we're going to see in a while. So, uh, you know, that, that, that's maybe, uh, that might, you know, uh, dim expectations just for the next couple of weeks a little bit because there's some guys I really want to see. Uh, Dawson Baker primarily. And, and the fact that he's not quite ready to go right now is a bummer for me because I think he's going to be one of my favorite players to call this mm -hmm. year. Uh, I, you know, and and uh, the addition of Dawson Baker and Ali Khalifa, these are starters 
These are big minute guys. Uh, these are um, all conference type guys in their previous leagues. They add to an experienced core, and I think those two guys are going to add a lot. And so it's only a, you know, it's only two additions, but I think it's big for what they've been. And although they're not certainly the same guy, you can tell you can look at them like one's not the other, but they do a lot of the same things well. You know, uh, good shooters, good three-point shooters, really good free-throw shooters. Dawson is nails in late-game free-throw situations. That's going to show up at some point this year. Um, and I just love what they potentially bring to BYU because of how much they've already had on the floor at their previous schools. To bring in two major-minute starter-type guys, big-number guys to your team is huge. Um, and so we may not see all of them immediately. Dawson's a, a little while away, and Ali's still working his way back. And, uh, and Dallin Hall is still kind of nursing. So this may not be the team yet, okay. but the signs are really encouraging already. Yeah. And you've got an exhibition game. You already have one in pocket, as you mentioned. You can play up to two. One is secret, although not so secret nowadays. Yeah. Uh, and then Monday is the season opener, Houston Christian. But next Friday, we got the national runners up coming yeah. in. To, hey, football played TCU, national runner up. BYU playing San Diego State. That's the game where I'm like, okay, we'll start to get an inkling of what BYU is. So in the next kind of week and a half here, what are you hoping to see? Not just tonight. Yeah, and I don't know how much we have to put on it because we're not going to still have probably the entire BYU team at that point yet. Um, but uh, on a Friday night in the Marriott Center, um, you know, Marriott Center magic and, and, and get San Diego State playing in a, in a, in a, in a hostile uh, intense environment. Let's just give it a shot and see what happens. But I, I think uh, ultimately it's all about, you know, leading into Big 12 play. It's a really home-heavy schedule, which is good for BYU. I think there's enough wins on there to give yourself a, a, you know, a decent record and a decent resume. And it's all about peaking in, uh, in late December, early January, which I think BYU can do. They should be healthy by then, presuming nothing else happens health-wise in these early games, and, uh, and, and give it a go. But uh, I, I, I hope and I think the team will embrace the specter of um, of, of being overlooked. You know, BYU's not mm -hmm. been that team for years, years yeah. and years. Whatever league they've been in, they've always been a top-tier team in that league. Well, well, now they're not viewed that way. How does BYU embrace that and, and have that kind of uh, become part of their team mindset? And they become suddenly the underdogs, suddenly the, the, the scrappy team, suddenly the team that, uh, you know, can spring the occasional upset. And, 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 and that could be a fun thing to, to, to see how it shapes you know, the composition of this team, how they how they kind of view themselves that way. Yeah, it's, it's the football team embracing the night, and it's the basketball team embracing the underdog role. And right. I think BYU operates well in football that way. I think basketball, yeah. Well, These are I good players a with good a good coaching staff and, 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 and recent success and, and, and years of history. That doesn't just go away because they entered a tougher league. It'll be a bigger grind and a taller task, certainly. But yeah. we expect them to meet the challenge. Yeah, something to prove for Jackson Robinson, uh, something to prove for Dawson and Ali and Trevin Nell. Noah Waterman. Uh, I, I, Noah Waterman has, has yeah. made leaps from from last year to this year. How does that show up? Mm -hmm. um, because last year I think he was still kind of finding his way, and 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 the signs are encouraging from Noah this year already. Uh, the guys you mentioned just there. They're, they're, there's a there's a lot of fun things to anticipate about this team this year. Yeah, absolutely. I think we're and Mark is leading the charge here. He's putting a lot of value on the continuity because you mentioned only two real newcomers that are going to impact the team now, but the core is back. The strength is experience. Yes, the, the experience strength is experience. Is yeah. back. So you with that it, in yeah. mind, is the target in non-conference play, let's say ten and three, would that be like? Uh, a good target record coming out of those 13 non-conference games? Yeah, sure. Double-digit wins is a, is a good bar to set. I think, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And then when you get in the league, uh, you know, uh, what, what, what does success look like in the first year in the Big 12? 
Um, in football, I stated that, you know, well, success in year one in the Big 12 would be postseason play. And I think success in year one of the Big 12 in basketball would be postseason play, some kind Amen. of postseason play. Yes. With the new NIT shift, um, let's say let's say nine, eight or nine Big 12 teams make the, the big dance. Well, the next two, 10 and 11, automatically make the NIT on net, um, and then others are at light. So if you were, you know, uh, if you were something beyond 11 to 14 in that league, you could be playing postseason basketball. Heck yeah. And, and, and I think that's, that, that, that's within reach for BYU. Yeah, find six-plus wins in league, and you yeah. got a great shot at postseason play. Yeah. yeah. Greg Rubel is with us on BYU Sports Nation. Okay, let's flip over to BYU football as we – prognosticate a little bit about what we are hoping to see and what we want to see from the potential Big 12 football scheduling model. Uh, Jeremy and I are in agreement that the pod that BYU, we, we like the pod idea. Okay? So we're thinking four, four, four team pods, pods yes. right? Four yeah. fours, yeah. Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah and BYU's pod, so you'd see those teams every year. You'd you, think that would be a, a pod, yeah. Do yeah. you differ from that idea at all? Like, are you in favor of divisions over pods? What do you want no, to see? No, I, 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 I wouldn't mind if it's one big league with no divisions. But scheduling pods, I'm in favor of. So if, if that is the 14 pod, BYU, Utah, Arizona, Arizona State, that's one pod. You could have a Texas pod. Mm -hmm. You could have a Midwest pod, which includes Colorado. And then you have an Eastern pod, which could include Iowa State. Um, there's some differentiation whether, whether Colorado or Iowa State ends up moving or Houston could be part of an Eastern pod. But either way, I like that. I, I think if you had a 14 Texas pod, the 14 Utah, Arizona pod, the Midwestern pod, which is the two Kansases, Kansas, Kansas State, Oklahoma State, Colorado, but Iowa State with Cincy, UCF, and West Virginia. And now you could play your three uh, pod mates every year, and then you play two from each of the other three pods every year. And then alternate that the and next alternate. year. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so that, those, those are your nine games. And, and that way I think it would spread it around pretty evenly. Hans was telling me in the postgame, you know, you know, he's a little bit sad because he's afraid that, you know, like our trip to Morgantown this weekend, how many more of these will we get? you know, based on the rotation. Because uh, one of the beauties of, of the Big 12 is the new venues and the new sites and the new sounds and, and the new fan bases. And, and I'm just really, I've never been to Morgantown in my life. And I'm, I'm looking for, I hope it's not, you know, one of only a couple of times I get to do it. So I want to see them still kind of stay on a regular rotation, however that works out. Sure. But I, I've loved the Big 12 so far. That, I, I yeah. just love the novelty of it. It's been fantastic. That pot idea would guarantee BYU a home game against every Big 12 team at least once every four years and a road game every four every years. Big 12 yes. Yes. Every four years. Yes. So, so in the cycle of the average athlete, you got at least one opportunity in every school. To see everybody. Which would be awesome. Yeah. If they vary a lot from what we just discussed, I will be surprised. I think it that seems just to make a lot of sense, sense, right? right? Yes. Yeah. And, and much as the basketball, you've already got the basketball formula figured out, um, how many teams you'll play. I, I think they're in a pretty good spot at 16. Yeah. Who knows whether Brett Yormark's going to hang there for a while or not, <laughs> but it feels good right now for the moment. Does Gonzaga enter? Does UConn? Yeah. Like, who knows, right? right? But in men's hoops, yeah, we know 20 uh, conference games next year up from 18. Yeah. All right, let's finish with this. Uh, we've been asking all of our guests recently, what their opinion is on the most winnable game remaining on BYU's schedule. And Oklahoma and Oklahoma State feel like juggernauts right now, so everyone's kind of leaning towards West Virginia or Iowa State. Where do you fall in that conversation? Yeah, we'll go Iowa State home because it is a home game at 8-15 in, in November. Um, and, and Iowa State, although they've shown really well, I, I think that's probably the most vulnerable. So you, uh, you handicap at Iowa State, uh, then West Virginia, and then to me um, – 
Oklahoma State, Oklahoma are almost sixes right now because uh, one may be better than the other, but you're getting one at home. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I kind of go T3 on those, tie for third on, on the last one. Um, Oklahoma losing to Kansas probably changes my opinion a little bit there. Had they swept through and still be undefeated, I'd put Oklahoma as the toughest game. But I think Oklahoma State, the way they look right now, and playing in Stillwater to end the year, uh, there's a lot happening on that night. So that'll be tough. But I, I think uh, these next two weeks, I think BYU finds a way. If they're going to get bowl eligible, it's going to happen probably in these next two weeks. Yep. And, and, and then if not, then you set yourself up for a Herculean task in yes. the final two weeks. But uh, I love the fact that there's intrigue, that there's suspense, there's drama, there's bowl games in play, and, and it's all happening at a really high level. I mean, this is, this is uh, you know, uh, what was it, uh, Dan Hawk? This is Big 12 football, brother. You know, <laughs> yeah. this, is, this, is, this is what it is. We had him on the yeah. show a few years ago, and yeah, we talked about the intramurals thing. It's still fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Greg, thanks for the time, man. Always a we'll, pleasure. Uh, we'll see you. You know tonight. where to find me. Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. yes you do. Indeed. Yeah. In the office and in the Marriott Center yeah. tonight because BYU is playing live Pacific and men's hoops. we got pregame on BYU TV at 8 Eastern. The game is on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Here, Greg, call that game as well at 9 Eastern. Up next, has the official BYU football social media platform embraced vampire cougs and embraced the night? We think they might have. This is BYU Sports Nation. In a word, yes! BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Follow BYU Sports Nation on the socials. Facebook, X, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Welcome back to Studio B. I am Spencer. He is Jerem. It's time for your November 1st headlines because it's November. BYU football plays at West Virginia Saturday night. Jay Hill dressed as Austin Powers talking to the media. Yeah, baby. Discussing the challenge of playing the dynamic Mountaineer offense. Well, I think they're for sure one of the best O-lines we've faced this year, if not the best O-line that we've faced. Uh, the scheme is creative, it's complicated, uh, it causes you issues in matching up and needing to be very assignment sound. Uh, there's a reason why they run the ball well and uh, why they lead the league in time of possession right now. So we got we to gotta do a great job being assignment sound, matching up what they do and not losing our eyes in the run game. He looks like I, he needs to run a London nightclub. Yeah, I, I didn't hear a word he said there. Also, Jacob Robinson won a 15 semifinalist. Yeah, baby! For the Jim Thorpe Award, given to the best defensive back in college football. He's tied for sixth in the country with four picks this year. And he helps people out. Jay's smiling. Teeth are way too good <laughs> yeah. to be Austin Powers. Vikings head coach. He's seen a dentist in the last decade. Kevin O'Connell, Minnesota Vikings head coach, said yesterday that the Vikings plan to start our guy Jaron Hall this Sunday against Tyler Algier and the Falcons. How about that? The Vikings did trade for Cardinals quarterback Josh Dobbs yesterday, who has started every game for Arizona so far this season. So maybe it's just Jaron for a game or two, and then Josh Dobbs comes in once he gets his feet wet in Minnesota. We'll see. But for now, BYU is going to have two starting quarterbacks in the league two and a half. this Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, if you count Taysom Hill, yeah, T two Taysom and a half. half yeah. But look, Jerem, in terms of starting quarterbacks from the same school in the league right now, it's a list of four schools. I like okay? that. BYU is one of those four schools with the likes of, like, you know, Alabama and Clemson. There's a like, notable school that doesn't have any starting uh, now. So it's so. unbelievable. BYU Men's Hoops plays its lone public exhibition tonight against Live Pacific. Pre-game, as mentioned, on BYU TV at 8 Eastern. The game is on BYU TV and BYU Radio at 9 Eastern. There's not too many we get, right? 
because of ESPN Plus and whatnot. We're still, we're still doing the games on Big 12 now on ESPN Plus, but tonight it's on the mothership, aka BYU. BYU women's basketball opening their season against Westminster from Salt Lake City, not from England. Tonight in an exhibition sure? game, five Eastern, live on BYU TV. You can listen to it as well on BYU Radio. Hey, you and Kristen are calling that. You guys oh. are going hard today. Number three, uh, rather number seven, women's soccer, who is the two seed in the Big 12 tournament, plays UCF tonight, semifinals of the conference tournament. Eight Eastern on Big 12 now on ESPN+. Cougs beat UCF in the regular season finale, 3-2, scored all three goals in the first half. Cougars win, they play the winner of Texas and Texas Tech on Saturday. And this is moved to Austin because bad weather in Round Rock. You know what's funny? I, I was wondering, we were next to the soccer stadium on Saturday when we found out about the flood. Yeah, it's right next and to the And I thought, yeah. you know, they could just play right over here. And that's what they're doing. Yeah, and that's where the outdoor track national championships were held as well. Sure. BYU men's cross country. Holding steady at number three in the latest USTF CCCA poll after finishing second at the Big 12 Championships. While the women, not surprisingly, rose one spot to number three after winning the Big 12 and BYU's first ever Big 12 title in the athletics department. Up next for both teams, NCAA Regionals next week in Lubbock. Men's golf is in eighth place after round one at the Kapolei Invitational in Hawaii, led by Zach Jones, who's tied for third at six under par. Round two is later today. Zach Jones can find the PGA Tour. Mark it down. I'm telling you, nice. he will play on the shot. PGA Tour. Let's go. BYU women's golf finished in 10th place in the Hurricane Invitational in Coral Gables, Florida. Cougars top finisher, Lily Denunzio, who shot one over par and tied for 26th. And Jacques Dunyan and Bobo Huang of BYU women's tennis play in the first round of the ITA National Fall Championships today in San Diego, discovered by the Germans. Those are today's headlines. Now some opinions in the whip. The Cougar Whip Round presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. BYU football tweeted, Happy Halloween, Kooks, with the image Embrace the Night of an Intense Cosmo. This is a phrase that Kalani Satake used on Monday. Has the team embraced the night, finally, the narrative that we have been pushing? Fully. Non uh, annoying. They have gone all in. <laughs> Fully embraced. Welcome. And frankly, Welcome. I feel validated that <laughs> Kalani chose to use that phrase, and then the social media accounts led by Dave Broberg opted to follow that up with Cosmo as a hooded character. Welcome. Embrace tonight. Yes. Welcome. It is what it is right now. And you know what? For the next two weeks, BYU has night games. So let's go. Yeah. There's a good chance that BYU is probably going to have a night game against Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. We'll see. So for now, yes, embrace the night all together. When you win the last 21 games with no daylight, it's too weird not to embrace. Let's go. So put your arms around it. ESPN's Pat McAfee and his show will be doing a college football version of NFL Red Zone on Saturday night. Now, if you're not familiar with this, basically it's the most exciting play from every college football game, and they're just taking you to and from those most exciting moments instantaneously. Yeah. No commercials, no punts. It's just crazy, awesome, exciting college football all the time. Would you watch college football's version of this, Jerem? No, because I'll be calling the Cincinnati women's volleyball match. Yeah. I'm but not going to be I watching would. That. If I was at home, yeah, absolutely. Just a, just a general college football fan? Yeah. Although Pat didn't do BYU any favors uh, last week, so I, I don't know. Well, he didn't, and we're taking on his Mountaineers this week. So Pat's on the other side of this BYU-West Virginia matchup as a Mountaineer alum. Yeah, stop playing that card. Come on. RG3 tweeted the following about the Vikings. The loss of Kirk Cousins is huge for the Vikings. There's no arguing against that. They just traded for Arizona QB Josh Dobbs. 
that doesn't change my belief in Jaron Hall. Okay. I called a number of his games at BYU, and his ability to make plays with his arms and legs was a sight to see. Hall replaced Zach Wilson at BYU, was drafted number two overall by the Jets. Even though everyone in Provo loved Zach Wilson and was fully committed to the Cougars, Jaron Hall won them over. With so many offensive weapons at his disposal, maybe Hall can win over the Vikings coaches, players, and fan base as well. Do you believe in Jaron Hall as much as RG3? Yes, I believe in Jaron Hall. And Kevin O'Connell, more importantly, believes in Jaron Hall, which is why he elevated Jaron Hall to number two in the quarterback depth chart basically a month ago. He said, he's been playing well. I like what he's doing. We're going to elevate him over Nick Mullins, Nick Mullins and make him the second string quarterback behind Kirk Cousins. So as much as I love what RG3 said, I'm more excited that the head bowl coach in Minnesota believes in Jaron Hall. So yeah, I, I believe in Jaron Hall as much as RG3. I'm more excited about what his head coach said about him saying, you are the backup if Kirk gets hurt. How much does he believe in him if, if he brought in Josh Dobbs, though? Because Nick Mullins will be available in the next week or two. So I have a question there. But excited for Jaron's opportunity. Vikings certainly not the Jets. And uh, as a rookie, I hope Jaron has more success uh, in offensive line protection than Zach did. What's interesting is the Jets actually have a better record than Minnesota right now, which is wild, right? Crazy. They four and three defense. and four and four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Check out Cougar Pregame Live on Saturday, 5 Eastern, ahead of BYU in West Virginia on BYU Radio. After the break, the one and only Kristen Kozlowski, the greatest basketball player in Beaumont High School history, oh. previews BYU women's basketball and their season next. This is BYU Sports Station. Did you know she scored like 49 points in the game? Maybe it was more than that. I thought it was 60. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Showing off those skills again. Absolutely dominating down low. They need a clutch shot. She is the player who's going to step up. Oh, it's a ball night for the BYU men and women's teams. The women, technically there first. They tip off at 5 Eastern, 3 Mountain, live on BYU TV and BYU Radio. And to help us preview the season is former BYU women's basketball great and what I said is the greatest Viewmont High School basketball player in the history of that school. Hey, Kristen Vikings, what's up? You know, just to clarify, it was 47 points yeah. that I scored, right? I, Not, I said 49, it was 47. But it was, it was only three quarters. Yeah, so 47 you gotta, points. You got to get quarters. that in there because at the time my coach didn't know, I didn't know, and so she pulled me early, got a call later, hey, you set the record, so. Could have poured on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe 60 plus. Okay, maybe, yeah. first question here is, who is the most likely player on this BYU team to go off for 47 in a Ooh. game this year? This year? This season. Yeah. Is anybody capable of going for 47 on this BYU team? Or do you think it's too Gosh, balanced? I think it's balanced. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, if I had to pick one player, I would probably say Nani because she's got the ball in her hands more. She's creating. She's got more opportunities to score. Uh, Lauren's doing a lot of it on the rebounds, obviously. So it, it would be Nani. But that's tough because they are, they're, they're a little more balanced this year. So. It, I'm excited to see this team play because they bring back almost everybody from last year that mm -hmm. contributed, um, and then they bring in a really good freshman class. How do you think that's going to mix and match for the rotations when BYU gets to league play? Right, so they're, all the starters return, and nearly 70% of the offense comes back. I, I am anxious to see how this interchanges, how this mixes, because she brought on 
five newcomers, two freshmen, I mean, some transfers in there. And so I think with these newcomers coming in, it's going to be interesting to see how they gel because they've got to be able to come in, contribute. But with the returners, you're returning Lauren Gustin, the top rebounder in the nation, Nani Falatea, who is an explosive guard. We saw glimpses of greatness out of her. Um, but I do think this is a team that, that comes in this year. A little bit more question marks in how they're going to gel. So every great team we feel has a big three, at least a big three. Yep. We know that Nani Falatea and Lauren Gustin are going to be the clear powerhouse duo, but who's most likely to be the third member of that big three moniker? I think that's to be determined because you can either have – Kaylee Smire had chances last year, but she was a great role player, right? She's – Great shooter, 46% from three. I mean, BYU's she's fantastic, most right? most gritty defender. Yes, excellent defender. But I do think you're going to see either Amari Whiting step up, Amber Whiting's daughter, or you're going to see Kaylee Woolston mm. out of Lone Peak High School. She can shoot lights out of the ball. I mean, one of the best shooters that's probably going to come through BYU. She's legit. And I, I was just going to ask, too, which of those freshmen will have the biggest impact? Is it one of those two? I think those two freshmen are going to be players that are, are going to have to make an impact early. Because last year, that was part of the problem. They didn't have depth. We didn't have enough depth, especially at the guard lineup. So she's playing Nani Falatea 35 minutes a game, Lauren Gustin 38 minutes a game. There just was not enough depth. Still not depth at the post position, yeah. but more depth now with Amari Whiting and then Kaylee Woolston help out at the point guard position. This is a BYU team that's picked to finish 11th out of 14 teams in the inaugural Big 12 season. I tend to believe that, I, that BYU is a team that can finish – somewhere in the top eight. Is that too blue goggled? Like, I feel like BYU has enough returning, enough experience, and enough of a home court advantage. They can figure out a way to finish at least eighth. Where do you fall on the expectations for where BYU finishes in the Big 12? Uh, I, I would say that's probably a good mark, right around eighth, maybe seventh, you know, if they can finish well on the tail end. That, that will be their challenge, right? Can they bring it together enough to finish strong on the tail end? Can you rebound after a huge loss and then a couple nights later, you got to play the same type of opponent. It's not like you're playing Gonzaga one night, and then you're going to play San Francisco, and then you're going to play Santa Clara, right? They're playing Gonzaga every single night, like what they saw in the WCC, literally with this Big 12 schedule. Mm. And so I think February particularly is going to be the month where they can make the biggest jump. But, I mean, you got games where TCU, I mean, with Mark Campbell, brand-new coach, he coached at Oregon. He has done a phenomenal job with the recruits he's brought in out of the portal. That's going to be a tough one. Iowa State's going to be a tough one. And then Big 12 regular season champs. And then Houston and, and at Texas taking on Shaley Gonzalez. I'm looking forward to that game. I wish it was in Provo, so we got, we got a chance to call that game. But this season, I think expectations are it's going to be a little up and down going into it. But how well can this team respond? That will be the biggest challenge. And can they stay healthy? Because we don't have the depth like they should. They do at the guard line but they do not have the depth in the post. you got Lauren Gustin, Emma Calvert, a little bit of Heather Hampson in there, not enough depth inside. Mm. What are the expectations for the team in terms of making the tourney or being in the hunt? Well, that's always an expectation, I think, for Amber Whiting, right? That's, that's what you are trying to achieve is, is make a run, do enough in the preseason and in conference play to get into a tournament. Now, last year they didn't make a tournament. It goes 16 and 17. So if they can get into the NIT, the WNIT, that's a lot. That's a big improvement. Second year, Amber Whiting, first year in the Big 12. Um, I think it's tough, though. I think where they're sitting now with the opponents that they're going to play in the Big 12, it's only going to help them. What, win or loss sometimes, right? If, if you hang tight with Texas and you go down to the very end and you've got a decent record going into that game, it puts yourself in a different opportunity. Okay, final question. True or false, Lauren Gustin will lead the country in rebounding. 
I think she's going to be top five. Okay. Yeah, and here's why. 6-1, everybody knows what she's going to do. She's undersized in there. She plays with a chip on her shoulder. But to do that in the Big 12, in those games, to Tough. pull down 16, 17 boards a night. I mean, she had four games last year where she had 20 and 20. <laughs> over, Amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. It's incredible what she did last year, but to be able to do that now going into this year, everybody knows exactly what she is, what she's going to do. She's going to have to fight harder. Frankly, top 15 would still be amazing. Exactly. <laughs> like if you're in the, if you lead the Big 12 in rebounding or top three, like that'd be awesome. So looking forward to that. Uh, Kristen, we appreciate the time. Thanks yeah, for coming thank in. You. Fast and Furious, you got this, you got women's hoops uh, coming up, and you got men's basketball pregame tonight. Yep. So you're going hard. Bam, bam, you're bam. going hard. Just hang out. I'm only <laughs> doing two here. shows. I don't know what you guys are doing. Okay, anyway. say goodbye to your kids. Tell them to see yeah. you tomorrow. Oh, okay? I already did. Yeah. <laughs> I'll see you this weekend. <laughs> Women's Thanks, hoops. Uh, take it on Westminster this afternoon in an exhibition as well. Check out the, the new look Cougs, 5 Eastern time on BYU TV. Besides Utah, who would you like BYU football to play the most in the new Big 12 scheduling format? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B. Our question of the day, besides Utah, who would you all like BYU football to play the most in the new Big 12 scheduling format? Kansas State. Berkeley Day on Instagram says Colorado. As long as Coach Prime is there and BYU wins, BYU will get some credit for beating them. Do you like uh, Coach Prime or Optimus Prime more? I like Optimus Prime more. Oh, me too. Yeah, I almost named my son's middle name Optimus. Optimus like Prime is one of the greatest leaders in our generation. You've heard of my joke, television. right? He's the second greatest leader of all time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> His name is Optimus. Yeah. That is such, that is such a tough name, That's right? A, that goes hard. Goodness, our elite voice of the day, presented by PAX. <laughs> Healthcare Elevated from Porter Larson on Facebook, who says, play the teams. <laughs> this got through the goalie. That won't spit on you during the game. <laughs> on a Very serious nice. note, though, he continues, play Baylor or Oklahoma State each year. I want at Texas Tech next year. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Why not? The thing, Spitgate man. 2024. Weirdly quiet after Eddie Heckard's video surface. Uh, oddly quiet. Today, today's Rise and Shadow presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. To the rock. They showed up at the Satake show last night. It was rock night. And they crushed it, man. It was awesome. In costume, packed house. That's awesome. Thank you for being This is coming off a 29-point loss. Like, they don't care. They're they, uh, loyal, strong, and true. Yes. Man. Happy Halloween, indeed, for Kalani yeah, Satake awesome. and company. Our thanks to today's guests, Greg Rebell and Kristen Kozlowski. Sorry to Dennis, we ran out of time, but the conversation continues 24-7 on X, Instagram, and Facebook. This and all our shows are on demand on BYUSN.com. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Jen Hampson. We'll see you for women's basketball at 5 Eastern and the pregame show at 8 Eastern. Go Cougs. We saw Jen at J-Dogs the other day. <laughs>